got an advocate with the Father. You go right to your high priest. You go right to the Lord Jesus. We have an advocate with the Father, and he pleads his blood, and he himself is our propitiation. If anyone sins, and he just said, we do, confess it. Go to your advocate. Go to your high priest and say the same thing he says. He took your sin as far as the east is from the west. He buried it in the deepest ocean. He doesn't even remember it. Their sins and their lawless deeds have been paid for. I don't remember them. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's a good place to live. And in fact, that's where we should live. Welcome to Abide in the Word with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Today we continue in our study called The Truth Shall Set You Free. Pastor Scott brings part three of the message titled, The Truth About Forgiveness. We invite you to follow along with us now as we get started. Oh Lord, how majestic is your name. And it's a marvel that we can uh, say the name above every other name, that we can sing it, Jesus. And because of that wonderful name, we come right into your presence and I thank you for the privilege of worshiping you this morning. I thank you for the opportunity to hear the very word of Christ. We pray now that you'd prepare our hearts to hear from you, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you want to take your Bible and turn to 1 John chapter 1, 1 John 1. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, I'd encourage you to grab that uh, Bible in the rack ahead of you. And if you're new to the Bible, uh, just turn to the back. And the last book of the Bible is Revelation and work your way. Uh, When I say 1 John, he wrote three little letters. He wrote a gospel also, but he wrote three uh, short letters. And the first one is... They're all right ahead of Revelation. If you move backwards from Revelation, you will find it. And if you're in that Bible I mentioned, I think it's on page 1218. But I'd like you to have the text uh, in front of you. And then if you're an old hand at the Bible, uh, you've known the Lord for some time, and you've loved his word, I'll just about bet that you have uh, memorized, not even without, probably, not, probably without trying, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The truth about forgiveness last week. Today, the truth about forgiveness, part two. This is crucial. The truth about forgiveness. And the truth sets free. Uh, Jesus said, my word is truth. Uh, When you turn to the scripture, all scripture is true. It is the word of truth. All scripture is God-breathed. And hence, it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, 
for correction. And when you turn to God's Word, it will often convict you and me of sin. And uh, that's part of the way the sword works, the sword of the Spirit. So today, when we think about the truth about forgiveness, uh, and we're coming around the table, communion, enjoying our relationship, our union with him, intimacy, fellowship. You know, there's a lack in many lives, Christians' lives. There's a lack in our lives. And where you find a lack of communion, intimacy, fellowship, you can often trace it back to a lack of experiencing forgiveness, experiencing God's love and forgiveness. And you can often trace that back to a lack of confession, confession. Christians lose joy. We have our lives stunted. We end up short-circuiting the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, we can find ourselves collapsing into bitterness and take deep root in our life. And if you were to look back, uh, it's not the way the Lord wants it. But if you traced it back, I believe it would often be traced back to a lack of confession of sin. As you read God's word and he corrects you, if you don't listen, if you don't confess your sin, why the joy just seeps out of your experience. And I find Christians unable to forgive each other, marriages where we can't forgive or say we can't, and much of it could be traced back to a lack of experiencing now. I'm talking about experiencing God's forgiveness. Well, having said that, let's read our text. I want to read the whole, uh, the whole chapter and on into chapter 2, verse 2, just to give us the context for this uh, truth. What was from the beginning... What we've heard, what we've seen with our eyes, and by the way, remember who's writing this. The disciple whom Jesus loved. The disciple when there were 12, and then there were three that really were intimate disciples. And then of the three, there was one who never named himself, just said, called himself the disciple whom Jesus loved, who could lean back at when they were reclined around the table and, and ask him for the rest of the group. That's the one writing. What, we've heard, what was from the beginning, what we've heard, what we've seen with our eyes, what we beheld and our hands handled concerning the word of life. And the life was manifested and we've seen and bear witness and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. You can hear the echo of the way his gospel began. He's talking about the word become flesh. What we've seen and heard, verse 3, we proclaim to you also that you also may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. 
And these things we write so that our joy may be made complete. This is the message which we've heard from him and announced to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we've not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. My little children, I'm writing these things to you that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. These great truths we've been looking at, I think every one of them, as I look back at the truth about redemption, the truth about reconciliation, the truth about propitiation, the truth about forgiveness... They all flow from the cross. They flow from the cross. Now, last week, we looked at forgiveness established. Today, I want to look at forgiveness experienced. But uh, they're tied together. Forgiveness established. Look at verse 7. The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness, the scripture says. The blood of this one we're singing about, this majestic one, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from the defilement of sin, frees us from the guilt of sin. The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Not just some sin. We talked about it last week. All sin. Not just the really gross ones. No, all sin. Not just the minor ones. No, all sin. There's no category when it comes to the cleansing of sin. The blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. If the blood of bulls and goats could cleanse for the washing of the clean, you know, just he said, in, we, we looked at Hebrews 9 and let it unfold for us. How much more will the blood of Christ, who offered himself without blemish, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve a living God, completely forgiven all sin, not divided by category, not divided by chronology. Well, as when you come to Christ and really get serious, then your sins are forgiven. But as to the future, no, the Bible knows nothing of that distinction. When Christ died, 
For you, all of your sins were future. And God transcends time. He was able to forgive sin in Abraham's life. He passed it over. Does that mean he just had a different way of forgiving it? No. And he knew that his son, from all eternity, he'd planned to give him at a time and place. And Jesus Christ died for our sins. And we need to splash around in that and enjoy it and have it be, and it really is, the foundation for understanding. He didn't take our sins and drive them out into the wilderness like those two goats, you know, on the day of Pente on the day of uh, Atonement, Yom Kippur, where they had the two pictures of Christ, one that was slain and one that was driven out into the wilderness. He didn't take your sin as far as, you know, out into eastern Oregon. Sorry if you're from eastern Oregon, the wilderness. <laughs> no, he took them, the psalm says, as far as the east is from the west. He washed all your sins away. Who is like you? Listen to Micah, a contemporary of Isaiah. Just listen to what he says in Micah just as he closes the book. Who is, who is a God like you who pardons iniquity and passes over the rebellious act of the remnant of his possession? He doesn't retain his anger forever because he delights in unchanging love because he will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. Yes, you will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. We sing songs based on that truth. God took our sins and put them in the depths of the sea, the deepest sea. And now I remember that Dutch saint in her old age, Corey Ten Boom, saying with a glitter in her eye, you know, and, and joy, and when he puts him in the deepest sea, he posts a sign, no fishing. You know? And I said last week, the evil one likes to resurrect sin and catch it, you know, bring him back. No, he's put him as far as the east is from the west, the depths of the sea. He's forgotten them. Their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Hebrews 10 underlines. Enjoy that, believer. That's the foundation. Forgiveness established. Oh, Lord, if you counted iniquity, if you kept track of iniquity, David said, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you might be feared. Now, today, I want to talk about forgiveness Experienced. In other words, theologians speak of positional truth and practical truth. In other words, applying it in our lives, experiencing in your daily walk the forgiveness that is yours because of the blood of Christ. And as we come around the table, it's very fitting that we talk on this subject today because we are baptized based on the cross the death, burial, and resurrection, when you come to Christ, you confess him, and you don't keep doing that, but instead, you regularly, we're told, we're told to come around a meal, and we'll, I quote it every time, as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup. It's based on the cross, based on the same truth, but it's 
applying that truth on a regular basis. So the ordinances themselves teach us uh, what I'm after today. But verse, I got to get back to it. Are you still there? First John 1, 9, right in the heart of our text, this great matter of confession. If we homo legao, homo same, we get that. It's appended to legao. Literally, the word confess is to speak. Legao, the word, we understand that word logos, word. Legao is the verbal form to speak the same. So it means to say the same thing. Confession is to agree with God, to say the same thing God says. And specifically, confession of sin is to say the same thing God says about sin, its penalty, its payment. And so as we come around the table, we confess these great truths. Christians confess sin. That's who we are. We, we agree with God we're sinners. Initially, that's how you came to Christ. You confess sin. Ongoing in your daily walk. You don't confess sin once and then... No. Ongoing in your habitual walk with the Lord Jesus, we're confessing sin. The old Puritans used to say the way in is the way on. You believe in Christ and you keep believing. It's a walk of what? Well, you came to Christ by faith, but now you're, you got it out. That's a formula that some of you have tried. Many of us have tried that. And it's a formula for failure. You come to Christ by faith, you walk by faith. As you therefore receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. You come to Christ by humbling yourself, confessing your sin. You walk in Christ in humility. Not cocky, not saying, now I've got it together, but humbly confessing sin as he brings it to mind. You repent to come to Christ, and then you keep repenting. You obey by putting your faith in Christ. That's why he'll swap the word obey for faith sometimes in the book of John, where he's so after that great truth of believing, sometimes you expect believing, he'll put obey in. Because it's the obedience of faith, Paul wrote in Romans. And then you keep on obeying. The Christian life is walking with him. The Christian life is walking in his spirit, the Christian life, is, verse 7, walking in the light. Walking in the light. Yet, inevitably, we stumble. We all stumble in many ways, James writes. Now, if you don't stumble... You can just be dismissed. There's some good coffee out there. <laughs> now, I'm telling you if, you, if you don't stumble, you're deceiving yourself. The scripture says we all stumble. 
in many ways. If we could just tame our tongue, remember how James says? <laughs> if we could just tame our tongue, but we can't. We all stumble in many ways. What do we do when we stumble, when we sin? We confess it. We confess it. We go to our Father. We agree with Him. We don't say, oh, no, I, I, I'm better than that. I, I didn't mean that. I just, and move on. No, we, we confess it. Notice our text in the big picture. That's why I read the whole text. Is not only because I really want to drive this point home, but we want to see. Uh, we walk in the light, but... And I'm writing these things, he says. Look at verse 1 of chapter 2. He stays right with it. I'm writing these things to you that you may not sin. But if anyone sins, what do you do? You've got an advocate with the Father. You go right to your high priest. You go right to the Lord Jesus. We have an advocate with the Father, and he pleads his blood. And he himself is our propitiation. You never get away from the cross, but you come to it in baptism, for instance, and then in what we call communion or the Lord's table, and in the dynamic of the Christian life. He says, I'm writing to you, and, you know, the Word sanctifies us. Healthy Christians that spend time in the Word, it keeps us from sin. But if anyone sins, and he just said, we do. We do. Uh, confess it. Go to your advocate, go to your high priest and say the same thing he says. He took your sin as far as the east is from the west. He buried it in the deepest ocean. He doesn't even remember it. Their sins and their lawless deeds have been paid for. I don't remember them. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's a good place to live. And in fact, that's where we should live. Now, this matter of experiencing forgiveness, and actually this matter of, well, I can put it that way, this matter of experiencing forgiveness, both initially and ongoing, there is one who works overtime to keep you, to keep me from experiencing God's forgiveness. The evil one does not want you to experience his forgiveness. been listening to Abide in the Word with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Please stay with us. Pastor Scott will return in just a moment with a preview of our next broadcast. Today's program was titled, The Truth About Forgiveness, a message from our study in the great truths of the Bible. If you missed a portion of the message heard on the program today, or you'd like to share it with a friend, head on over to AbideInTheWord.us. A free copy of today's entire message is available there for you to stream or download at your convenience. Did you know Abide in the Word is available every day on Facebook? Well, right along with our daily podcast on iTunes and Google Play, our daily messages are posted to Facebook as well. You can find them at facebook.com slash abide in the word. 
If you've ever wanted Pastor Scott's sermon library in the palm of your hand, we have a new app available called the Abide app. It's available in both the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. Along with the sermon library, you'll also find Scott's written publications, biblical seminars on a variety of subjects, daily devotional videos, this radio program, and the Abide Method, a monthly Bible reading and writing plan developed by Scott to give you the opportunity to read and write out Scripture. These resources all come free within the app, so if you're looking to deepen your relationship with Christ, please consider downloading the Abide app in either the Apple or Google App Stores. We'd love to get this valuable resource into your hands. Now, before we end our time today, let's go to Pastor Scott for a preview of our next broadcast. When God convicts you of sin, don't ignore it. Don't rationalize it. Don't let it pile up. Don't let the account get long. Keep short accounts. As soon as the bill comes, pay it, you know, so to speak, we say in accounting. Well, we're not talking about paying for sin. Christ paid for it once for all. But keeping short accounts is when he puts it on your heart, confess it. Confess it quickly, because Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. But if you're trying to forgive yourself, if you're trying to come up with your own meritorious thing as a Christian, you're short-circuiting the Lord. And there's a freedom in saying, apart from you, I can do nothing. But in Christ, I can do all things. And the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, is closely tied to this matter of walking in the light. And if sin is exposed confessing it, thanking him, thanking him that he died for it. Join us again next time as we continue our study called The Truth Shall Set You Free. Pastor Scott will bring part four of the message titled The Truth About Forgiveness. Until then, may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you.